Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the May 26th edition of the Connect Online Meeting. Of course, my name is Jonathan Jenkins. I suspect you know that by now because most of our viewers are loyal viewers and you are here pretty much every night. But uh, if you are new to the program, that's who I am. And thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, my partner in crime, my co-host is, uh, well, I think earlier in the week, I referred to him as a traveling preacher. Guess what he's doing right now? He's traveling again. So he is on the road again for the rest of this week. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure he'll be back uh, tomorrow night either. I think he's gone pretty much for the rest of the week, but uh, he's out doing the Lord's work and we appreciate uh, his ability to do that. We're thankful for the opportunities that that he has, but I'm here by myself. Well, by myself and our speaker, Greg, tonight, and we'll get to Greg here in just a second. But uh, in terms of hosting the program, I'm flying solo tonight, so I appreciate it if you all will help me out along the way. Um. Of course, as always, I'm going to ask you to uh, make sure that you are subscribed to all of our social media uh, outlets. You can find the links to uh, all of our different pages in the description of the video or the audio that you are watching or listening to now. Um, and if you would make sure that you are a member at each of those places, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, if you'd like to support the work here at Digital Bible Study, you can do that with the uh, stars and super chats on Facebook and YouTube or the uh, uh, the, I don't know if they call them on Podbean. We're on Podbean tonight and they have something similar on Podbean. I'm not sure what they call them over there, but whatever they call them, if you're on Podbean, you can do that as well over there. We'd appreciate it. Um, if you want to help support the work here on an ongoing basis, the best way to do that, uh, is at our website at digitalbiblestudy.org, uh, subscriptions for as little as $5 per month. Um, we will say a prayer at the end of the evening tonight, as is our practice, uh, and since Eric is not here, I am pretty sure I'm going to be leading that prayer. Unless Greg just says, hey, I have to do, I have to be the one to lead the prayer tonight. But I don't think that's going to happen, especially as I look over and I see Greg is frozen on the screen. That is probably not a good, probably not a good thing. Hopefully that will come back here in just a moment. But uh, if you have any prayer requests, we would love to have you um, add those in. And that's even worse. Greg is now gone. <laughs> I'm going to stall here for a minute or two. Hopefully, um, Greg will be back here in just a second. Hopefully, they will reconnect uh, because I am not at all prepared to do something without Greg and without Eric. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a bad combination right there. Uh, hopefully, Man, I really hope he comes back here in just a second. Um, but whatever your prayer requests are, go ahead and put those into the uh, comment section. We'll be glad to uh, address those as we um, as we move along. Yeah, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan says a, um, a nighttime from the deep end. That's about well, that's that's what it's about to be. It's about to be a nighttime. <laughs> Oh, y'all are just helpful. I got uh, I got uh, Jonathan saying a nighttime uh, uh, from the deep end. That's good. I got Christine saying a hey Jude, which is what we're studying on from the deep end right now. And I got Deb saying just start singing, Jay. Nope, 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 nope. We're supposed to make fun of Eric and Eric singing, not mine. No, that's not supposed to happen. But there he is, right there. There is Greg, right there, back in the room. Hey man, hey, hey. Stop doing that to me, man. 
<laughs> you just about gave me a heart attack here, brother. It's good to see you back here, man. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Greg is here, and I am thankful for that. So let's turn our attention to Greg for the moment. Hopefully he'll hang around for the next hour or so. Um, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. <laughs> I'm doing well. Good to see you. I, I couldn't tell if that was on our end or yours. So uh, <laughs> uh, that we got that corrected. Well, what y'all don't know is I had to do the same thing right before we went on the air. My microphone stopped working for some reason. I don't know what I rebooted and came back in about 30 seconds before we went on the air. And then Greg turned around and did it back to me. So we're, we're even now you did one. I did one. We're even Let, let's stop right there. All right. Let's just try to stay connected for the rest of the night, man. Um, I mean, our people know you well enough. Um, I guess just for the sake of posterity and for the sake of having it on the record, tell us a little bit about your work or whatever's going on in life, man. What's going on with you? Well, Greg Dismuke, I am the pulpit minister of the Newport News Church of Christ. I've been here for 10 years and, uh, the work has, uh, really gone well. We are, are still, uh, uh, honeymooning and excited to be here. Um, and so, you know, can't say enough about it. Um, you know, we are good, fine elders, uh, membership. We've got some things that we're doing to, uh, uh, I think, to improve the place. And uh, constantly we have visitors who, who come in. As you know, we in a transient society with the military and all that presence here. Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of visitors as well. And uh, we just believe things are going well. And and um, the gospel is being preached. Good deal. How many? Do you, how many do you have with you tonight? I think we probably have probably about ten in the building tonight. All right. All right. You, you always bring the biggest audience, man. You do because <laughs> well, this is one of our smaller audiences, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Maybe yet in route. Your people show up all the time. Preaching to uh, none, that's for sure. There you go. What's your topic tonight, man? Uh, Hear ye him is the topic I've chosen. Hear ye him. I'm guessing Matthew 3, Matthew 17. Where where, where are you going? Something like that. Something like that. All right. Well, we we are looking forward to hearing it, and I know you do a great job. I'll not take up any more of your time since we are – apparently working on borrowed time in, in terms of the stability stability of our connection. So I'm, I'm yes, going to give it to you, man. It's yours to go. So uh, go ahead and start preaching whenever you're ready, brother. Good to see you tonight. Thank you, sir. Good evening. Uh, good to th- those who are here with us tonight and we're thankful for you and certainly those who are joining us uh, via the internet zoom and, and the various outlets. We appreciate you. Um, You know, we want to start in Matthew chapter 17 when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. You know, he was joined there by Moses and Elijah in glory. And then literally he had Peter, James, and John who was with him as well. And then we read in Matthew chapter 17 and verse number five that there was a cloud that overshadowed them and a voice that came out of that cloud. And it said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Now, whenever there is one who has, or if there's one 
who could literally have the endorsement from heaven where God the Father will speak up and say, hear ye him. If there is such a one, he should be heard. The text of John chapter 5 and verse number 25. Well, you hear Jesus saying or read Jesus saying, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you that the hour cometh and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. If there is one who can call people out of a dead state into a living state, if there is one who can call people out of a dead sinful state, into a living righteous state. If there is such a one who can call one out of his sin and make a sinner into a saint, that individual ought to be heard. The text of John 5, verse number 28. Again, Jesus says, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming into which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. My friends, if there is one who can call the dead out of their graves and bring them to life, that individual should be heard. And I believe it is in your best interest that if there is such a one, who can call you out of your sin, it will be in your best interest that he does that before he calls you out of the grave. Tonight, we're talking on the subject, hear ye him. You see, the father knew exactly what he was saying when he spoke out of heaven and endorsed his son and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, hear ye him. If the father says, hear his son, then my friends, that is enough. In fact, we could literally wrap up this sermon and go home right now because if the father says, hear him, my friends, that's all you need. We don't need anything else. However, I believe that I can supply a few additional reasons why he should be heard. First of all, he should be heard because he has the voice of authority. We're talking about hearing the voice of the Son of God. He needs to be hear, heard because he has the voice of authority. You know, everyone needs someone whom they can respect. It is of a great benefit to anyone's life when they have had authoritative figures in their life whom they respect so that they can hear them. Because, my friends, it is the case that typically we do not listen to people that we don't respect. In fact, you have to be forced or coerced and listen to someone with whom you do not respect. We even say sometimes that people are unwilling to earn the respect that they desire. But, my friends, it's hard to respect someone who says one thing and does another. It can prove difficult to respect someone who gives orders but cannot receive orders. It is hard to respect someone who requires much, but in return does little. It is hard to respect someone who wants respect, but does not give respect. If you were to listen to those things, you could actually apply them to the leaders that was in place in Jesus's day. 
Because Jesus would say in reference to those scribes and those Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, these are the individuals who did not earn the respect that they desired. In fact, Jesus would tell that crowd and his disciples that they ought to listen to those individuals, not because they deserved it, not because they earned it, but because Jesus would tell folks to do what's right for righteousness sake. So you consider what Jesus said in Matthew 23, verse numbers two through four. He says, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. He said, but do not after they works. For these are they that say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens upon men, grievous to be born, but they will not lift them with one of their fingers. You see, Jesus says the reason you ought to respect and do what they say is not because they've earned it, not because they deserve it, but because they sit in Moses' seat. And in Moses' seat is a seat of authority that was given by God himself. And so as a result of that, it ought to be respected or it ought to be adhered to. But Jesus, my friends, is an authoritative figure who is deserving of our respect. And certainly he is the one who has earned it. You consider what Luke wrote in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 1 when he said, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Jesus was a doer. Jesus was one who would show you the way. Jesus was one who didn't just tell you to do one thing and does, did another, but Jesus was one who you could count on because he would literally show you the way. Jesus did not just simply ask things of his followers and then did not do what he was asking. In fact, Jesus often taught that men ought to humble themselves. He taught humility, and certainly he was a humble servant. But Jesus also was one who gave an example. He showed us what it meant to be humble. You remember what Paul would write of Jesus, and he was writing to the Philippian church, and he wanted them to understand the mindset that they needed in order to be like Jesus. And so when you pick up what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse number 5, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and came in the likeness of men, took upon himself the form of a servant. And being found in fashion as a man, he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus was an individual who humbled himself. In fact, my friends, do you not realize that Jesus humbled himself just to become a man? When he became a man, he had to humble himself to become a man. He humbled himself when he became obedient, obedient to the Father. In John chapter 6 and verse number 68, it was Jesus who said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And you can recall that scene in the garden when Jesus was there looking forward and he understood that he was about to face that difficult ordeal as he was going, forth, going headlong toward his death. And Jesus says to the father, father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But then Jesus says, nevertheless, not as I will, but thy will be done. Jesus was obedient. Jesus submitted himself to the Father. Even though he was equal to the Father, he submitted himself to the Father. And Jesus even submitted himself to the law. He gave the law and he kept the law. He obeyed the law. He fulfilled the law. 
Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 17. He came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death. You know, it's one thing to be obedient when it costs you nothing. It's another thing entirely to be obedient when it costs you everything. You see, the Hebrew writer says, though he were a son in verse chapter 5 and verse number 89, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. Jesus was obedient. He asked obedience of his followers, but he showed us what it meant to be obedient. In fact, he demands righteousness of his servants, but he showed us what it meant to be righteous even in the face of suffering and persecution. And Peter wrote about it when Peter wrote, wrote, to, wrote to those Christians who were suffering at the hands of wicked men and rulers. And Peter would tell them in 1 Peter chapter 2, for even hereunto where you call, verse number 21, because Christ also suffered, leaving us an example of hoopagramas, he is the perfect copy at the top of the page. This comes from the copybook method of teaching penmanship. And Jesus is the perfect copy at the top of the page. He says he gave us an example that we should follow his ignos or his steps. Who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. And when he suffered, he threatened not but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. He showed us how to suffer, and he showed us how to suffer being righteous. Isaiah depicts him in chapter 53 as that suffering righteous servant. Jesus doesn't just expect it of us. He shows us what it means to be righteous. He shows us what it means to suffer righteously. No wonder Peter could tell those individuals in 1 Peter chapter 2 that if they were going to suffer, do not suffer as evildoers as a busybody in other men's matters. He would tell them in chapter 4 and verse number 16, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. He certainly wanted them to understand that the perfect example that we have of suffering righteously is Jesus the Christ. My friends, it is as if Christ did not just say, respect me because of who I am. He got off of his throne, came down here, and showed us who he is. He was one, my friends, who had the voice of authority. And he needs to be heard because of that voice of authority. In fact, my friends, he taught with authority. If you recall, as Jesus concluded his sermon on the mount, that is found in Matthew chapter 7, verse number 28 and 29, where the Bible says, and it came to pass after he had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He was one who was delivering truth of himself. He was not one who was finding out truth. And he was not one who was learning truth and then teaching truth. No, he was one who was teaching his truth. Therefore, when he spoke, he could speak in his own name. He taught by his own authority. You would see time and time again through that Sermon on the Mount, ye have heard it said, but I say unto you. Oh, he didn't teach like a human man with doubts and limitations. 
But he spoke like one who is omniscient. He spoke as one who was divine. You know, it's interesting when you think about that story in John chapter 7 as Jesus was teaching. And the scribes and the chief priests and the Pharisees, rather, sent some officers to go and take Jesus. And while they were, once they got there, they couldn't take him because of the crowd and Jesus was teaching. And so they had to wait for their opportunity. But while they were waiting, they were listening to the teachings of Jesus. And then they left, went back to the chief priests and the, and, the, and the Pharisees, and they asked them, why have ye not brought him? And in John chapter 7, verse number 46, they gave this answer. Never man spake like this man. What were they saying? They said, this man does not speak like a normal man. And I'll tell you, there's a reason why he didn't speak like a normal man because he was the God man. The God man who has a voice of authority. Not only had he talked with authority, he spoke with authority. He had so much power and authority when he spoke that even inanimate creation had to obey his voice. If you recall in Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 26, the Bible says that he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea and said, Peace be still. And the Bible says there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? I can imagine how awestruck they were and probably looked at Jesus up and down, wondering what kind of man, what manner of man is this? And you know what manner of man constitutes one Greek word? It is parapas. And that word means of what possible sort? Of what possible sort? What sort of man? What possible sort? You know what? I'll tell you what. He wasn't of the animal sort. He, he, he wasn't of just the man sort. He wasn't of angelic sort. He was of the God sort. That's what sort of man this was. He was the God man. My friends, he spoke with such authority and with such power that even the dead came to life at the voice of his command. And you recall in John chapter 11 and verse number 43, when Jesus is standing before the tomb of Lazarus, and the Bible says, and when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice saying, Lazarus, come forth. I recall that when some of, some of the men who listened to Marshall Keeble long ago said that when Marshall Keeble talked about this text, that he said when Jesus stood there because of his authority and because of his power, said he had to call Lazarus by name because if he had not called him by name, everything in the cemetery would have got up. And so he called the one he wanted. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of the tomb in all of those graves clothes. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Even the demons, because of his power, because of his authority, yielded to his voice. If you recall in Luke chapter 8 and verse number 26 through 40, Jesus is having a conversation with the man that's possessed of devils and he asked his name. And the answer he received was, my name is Legion, for we are many. 
And when they told, when he told them that we are many, they asked Jesus permission when they saw some swine feeding or far off. And they asked Jesus if he would give them leave, give them permission to go into that feeding swine. And Jesus gave them permission. And they went into that swine and they ran over the cliff. My friends, if the winds and the seas obey his voice, if the dead come alive at his voice, if the demons must obey his voice, let me ask you this. What do you think you ought to do? I said, if there is such a man, my friends, there is such a man. He's the God man. He's Jesus the Christ. And he, my friends, has all authority. In fact, Jesus in Matthew 28 tells that to his disciples in verse number 18. He says, all authority, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. First of all, let me say this. He didn't say a little bit of it. He didn't say, I've got some power given unto me. He didn't say, I have most power given unto me. He says, all, every bit of it is given unto me. I have all power and all authority, and I'll tell you where I have it. I have it in heaven and in earth. Now, my friends, if you find yourself in one of those places and anywhere in between, I don't care if you go to the moon. I don't care if you find a place to live. I don't care if eventually they say you can live on Saturn. It don't matter, my friends. If he's got authority in heaven, he's got authority everywhere. Therefore, you are in his jurisdiction. You can't get outside of the realm wherein he has authority. And so my friends, Jesus says he doesn't have some of it. He has all of it. And my friend, he has authority over you. But I'll tell you this. He's not going to execute or exercise it against your will at this time. Right now, you have a choice. He has authority over you. He has all power. He has all rights and privileges. You are accountable to him. But he's not going to exercise it against your will at this time. But my friends, listen, there's coming a time. We go back to John 5, 28 and 29 again, where Jesus said, marvel not at this. Behold, the hour cometh when all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. When he calls you out of that grave, my friends, you are going to hear his voice. You're going to hear his voice. You are going to respond to that voice. When he calls you to judgment, my friends, you are going to hear that voice. The Hebrew writer says it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment, you might, you might want to ask yourself, who do you think made that appointment for you? You see, Paul says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive other things done in his body according as he had done, whether it be good or bad. And my Bible tells me in John 5, verse number 22, that the father judgeth no man, but had committed all judgment to the son. Who do you think? is going to call you to the judgment. Who do you think has made such an appointment? Who do you think is going to judge you in the last day? When Paul was on Mars Hill in Acts chapter 17, he says in verse number 30 and 31, in the time of this ignorance, God winked at. But now commanding all men everywhere to repent. 
For he had appointed a day in which he would judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he hath ordained, in that he given assurance unto all men, in that he raised him from the dead. My friends, there's coming a time when you will hear the voice of the Son of God, and my friends, you will respond. Hear ye him because he has the voice of authority. And there is no authority like his. Hear ye him because he has the voice of instruction. You know, everyone needs someone to whom they will listen. It is a bad or sad thing when people can say about you that you don't listen. You know, whenever someone can say about another person that they don't listen to anyone, it is a sad state of affairs for you when you are stubborn and hard-headed and will not listen. And when people that know you best, sometimes as children, sometimes as adults, but when people who know you best says that person doesn't listen to anyone, my friends, I'm telling you, that is not something you won't say it about you. That is not the way you want to conduct your affairs while you're in this life. You better find someone with whom you, with, to whom you can listen. And I'm telling you, Jesus has the voice of instruction. It is not good when you are hard-headed and refuse to listen to anyone. The reason being is because there are times, my friends, when the Bible gives a description of a fool. And this is one of those times. You remember what the wise preacher wrote in Proverbs chapter 1? And verse number seven, when he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now that word despise is the Hebrew word booze. It means to disrespect, to treat with contempt. Do you realize that this is what people or fans intend to do when they are rooting for their team and maybe they want the other team to know that they don't like them or they don't approve of them. Especially we have seen it when people hurt, maybe one of the home players uh, accident happened or they feel like you're playing or you made a dirty play. Especially we see this in basketball and then you see the fans start to rain down booze on that player. And we've even seen where a player does something and they feel like it was a dirty play or he hurt the, the home team player and then the crowd boos him every time he touches the ball. They boo and they heckle that individual. They want you to know that they treat you with disdain. They have no respect for you. They treat you with contempt. And they let you know by raining down booze on you every time you touch the ball. The Bible says the fool despises, holds in contempt, booze, wisdom and instruction. You know what that would look like? Literally, that would look like if you had wisdom personified standing here and you had knowledge personified standing here and they were giving an eloquent discourse from the word of God and teaching and presenting his wisdom and his knowledge. You know what a fool would be doing? A fool would boo them and a fool would heckle them. That's what a fool would do. 
because he despises wisdom and instruction. My friend James says God's wisdom is so great that even when you're dealing with some of the challenges that you are facing in life and the difficulty, he says you can ask God wisdom. Ask God for wisdom, even in all of those situations where you find it challenging and you don't know what to do. God has a supply of wisdom that is so great, my friends, you can't exhaust it. So James has counted all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trial of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. If any man lack wisdom, he said, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraided not, and it shall be given him. My friends, God has so much wisdom. He gives it. He does not upbraid. That means, my friends, that you messed up the first set of wisdom that God gave you. You come back. God will give you more. You keep asking because God will just keep giving it to you. God does not, God is going to, he is a liberal being that gives and he has so much wisdom. You can't exhaust the supply, my friends. But a fool despises that wisdom. Fools despises the knowledge of God. They despise his ways, his will, his worship. Do you not know that Jesus says to know the Father and to know the Son, my friends, is eternal life, John 17, 3? They despise the wisdom of the scriptures, which are able to make them wise unto salvation. You remember what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and verse number 15, knowing that Timothy had been, had been schooled in the Old Testament scriptures. He says, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. When you despise the wisdom, of the scriptures, my friends, and the knowledge and the understanding of the scriptures, when you despise that, my friends, that is the way to salvation. And whenever you attempt to apply the scriptures to people, they'll let you know where they stand. You start showing them what the Bible says in reference to what they're doing, in reference to their attitude, in reference to their conduct, in reference to the way they order their affairs, in reference to the way they want to live their lives. When you start applying the scripture to them, you'll find out where they stand with the Bible. You'll find out where they stand when it comes to the scriptures. Contained in the scriptures is wisdom. And the wisdom of those scriptures will show you direction, discipline, correction, chastisement. And this is why Paul follows up with Timothy's knowledge of the scriptures to what the scriptures could actually accomplish in his life. He says all scriptures given by inspiration of God, breathe out by God, and is profitable, aphelimos, it is helpful, advantageous for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto every good work. My friends, but a fool doesn't listen to anyone. And he certainly doesn't listen to God. There is one that should be heard. The voice of the Son of God should be heard. The Father said, hear him. But you know what? If you're going to hear him, you need to have the right attitude about hearing. What is your attitude when it comes to hearing? Well, let me see if I can help you with that. Three things. Three things to make sure you have a proper attitude about hearing. First of all, my friends, be swift to hear. James 1.19, the Bible says, wherefore let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, 
and slow to wrath. Be ready to hear God's word. Be ready to listen to the instructions of truth by which he had begotten us. You see, before James 1, 19, James 1, 18, where the Bible says of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be kind the first fruits of his creatures. You need to be willing to listen to the word of God, listen to the instructions because therein, my friends, you'll find salvation. He begets us with the word of truth. But you know what's interesting is man has two ears, but only one tongue. Yet he spends twice as much time talking as he does listening. Isn't that interesting? There are times, my friends, when we need to learn to just be quiet. You know, I say that, but you know, it's interesting that some people has removed any opportunity or any possibility of anyone telling them to do anything that pertains to them closing this. It's like, how do you tell someone to be quiet today without offending them, without them reacting? How do you do that? Can you tell someone to shut up? Well, that's very difficult because if you tell someone to shut up, you're going to have a problem. You can't say shut up today, can you? I don't know that you can even say that. Can you say that? Is it okay to say that? Can you tell somebody, shut up? You're probably not going to, it's probably not going to be received very well if you say, shut up, shut your mouth. Can't say that. So then what do you do? Well, maybe you try a different approach. You say, hey, be quiet. Be quiet. And you know, there are people who will tell you, you don't tell me to be quiet. So you can't tell them to shut up. And if you tell them to be quiet, they'll tell you, you don't tell them to be quiet. Maybe you should try, shh. But there are people who will say, don't shush me. And so literally there are people who have taken that off the board, that there is no way to tell them to close this thing. Because any way you tell them is not going to be received very well. You can't say shut up. You can't say be quiet. You can't say shh. You can't do anything. Can't say shut your hole. All of those things are off the table. So how do you do it? You know what? They won't allow it. They won't allow it. But I will say this. Even if you're one of those individuals that no one can tell you to stop this, stop talking in any way, shape, or form that will not have you offended or responding in a negative manner, the fact still remains that you need to be quiet. There are times when we need to be quiet. See, on the other side, of being swift to hear is slow to speak. That's what it is. You look at the way God made us. We got two ears, one mouth. The ears are open. So literally you got two ears that's always open for business, but you got one mouth, one tongue. And that tongue has something over the top of it. It has something under the bottom of it. It has something in back of it. It's got something in front of it. And it's caged in by a double row of teeth that's got that thing surrounded. It's literally, it's in prison. It's an Alcatraz. And yet, there are people who are escape artists who will get that thing out, let him loose, and allow him to commit murder. In other words, that tongue will get out and murder people's reputation. It'll get loose and murder people's influence. It will get loose, my friend, and does do much harm and do much damage and allow a lot of folks, lay a lot of folks in its wake. 
There are times when folk just need to be quiet. And you know, if you're listening to this, and you're one of those individuals who don't allow folks to tell you to be quiet in any way, there's no nice way to do it. The fact still remains you need to be quiet. And you might be asking, well, Brother Dismu, how do you know when it's time to be quiet? I am so glad you asked that question. I'm going to pretend you asked me that question, and I'm so glad you did, because that gives me an opportunity to tell you when it's time for you to be quiet. When the next words that will proceed out of your mouth will be disrespectful or discourteous, be quiet. When the next words out of your mouth will be dishonest, disingenuous, duplicitous, deceitful, or devious, be quiet. When the next word out of your mouth will be discouraging, disheartening, dispiriting, deterring, and disappointing, be quiet. When the next words out of your mouth will be demeaning, degrading, disparaging, my friends, be quiet. When the next words out of your mouth will be damaging and detrimental, be quiet. When the next words out of your mouth will be disgusting, you ought to be quiet. My friends, there's plenty of times when you ought to know it's time for you to be quiet. Hold your peace. Shut up. Paul said in Ephesians 4.25, wherefore, put away lying and speak peace or speak every man truth with his neighbor. If you were to drop down to verse number 29, he will say, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for the use of edifying that, you might, that it might minister grace unto the hearers. That word corrupt is the Greek word sapros. That word means bad or evil or rotten or worthless. Do not let it proceed, which means do not let it de be discharged out of your mouth. Do not let it depart. Everyone needs the right attitude about hearing. And my friends, the first thing you need to do is be swift to hear. But the second thing is you need to be able to have the right attitude about hearing. You need to receive it with meekness. James 1 and verse number 21, he says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. You know, one has to open one's heart and receive that word with meekness or mildness, humility. Receive it into your ears, into your heart, into your life with a humble, submissive frame of spirit. Why is that so important? Because, my friends, it is the means by which God makes known the way of salvation. So you better learn to have the right attitude about how you hear because you need to receive it with meekness if it's going to tend toward your salvation. What are you talking about, Brother Dismuke? Well, think about this. Or rather, let's do it this way. Just imagine that you and I had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we all gather, thousands and thousands of us, and we're standing there and we're going to hear the first gospel message. 
that we've ever heard. And it is going to be to our salvation. And do you know that all of the wonderful things we will hear about Jesus, about the Father, about the Holy Spirit, and everything that we will hear regarding the gospel message and all the wonderful news, but you know ultimately what we're going to have to come to realize is something, my friends, that is very important. And you know what it's going to be telling us? It's going to be saying that message is going to be telling us at some point you are a sinner. You are lost. You are doomed. And it's going to go on and tell us that you can't fix this on your own. You can't make it right on your own. You can't engineer a way wherein you can then be right with God or reconcile yourself to God or justify yourself before God. That message is going to be telling us that you don't know how to direct yourself or direct your own steps. You're going in the wrong direction. My friends, I'm telling you, when you receive this message and realize that the message is telling you, you, my friends, cannot do it. You can no longer be your own Lord and master. You must surrender to another. That is not a message you can receive, my friends, with arrogance. The only only way you can receive that message, my friends, is with meekness. You can receive it with a humble, submissive frame of spirit, with meekness, mildness, humility. And that, my friends, is the only way it will bring salvation to your soul. Do you not remember the story Jesus told of the scribe or the, of the Pharisee and the publican? Found in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. I'll pick up at verse number 10. Jesus says, Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one man a Pharisee and the other a publican. And the Pharisee prayed thus with himself, Lord, I'm glad I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, or adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week and give tithes of all that I possess. But the publican standing afar off would not so much as lift his eyes toward heaven but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, that man went down to his house justified rather than the other. And so every man that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. My friends, the arrogant, prideful can be satisfied with self. But only the meek and the humble, the contrite, can be justified by God. You better get the right frame of mind to hear and receive the word of God with meekness. No wonder Jesus pronounced a blessing on those who are meek. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 5, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. No one will be in a better position to enjoy what God has given and live in this life better than those who are in that frame of mind and heart and to enjoy it and understand it for all the good that it is. The meek are humble in response to God's will. They are humble in response to man's treatment. They are humble in response to life adversities. You want the right attitude when it comes to the voice of instruction. You better receive it with meekness. But then thirdly, You need to gladly receive it. 
You remember in Acts chapter 2, after they heard that message, verse number 41, the Bible says, then they that gladly, some folks can't hear truth without being angry. They receive it madly when you tell them the truth. Some folks can't receive that truth without being sad. They receive it sadly, but the Bible says they that gladly received it. That's the right attitude. When you hear truth, you hear the word of God. Even my friends, if it's against you, even if it means you must turn around, even if it means that you must stop the way you are going, my friends, be glad that you heard the truth and can turn yourself around and go in the right way for God. Be glad that you found out the truth so you can stop going in the wrong direction. I don't care how long you've been going that way. Be glad you didn't continue in that way and turn it around. My friends, you can receive the truth gladly. They that receive that truth gladly, my friends. Oh, those individuals saved. They gladly received it. They received it with great pleasure and great joy. They heard those things pertaining to the Christ. And then they heard the opportunity that through him and faith in him, they could be saved. My friends, hear ye him because he has the voice of instruction. He was the great teacher. He was the great teacher. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, people say, what are others saying about this person or what? What, 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 what are people saying about this individual? Maybe they've done some great thing or, or, or maybe they're known for something and, and you want to find out what other people think of it or what other people are saying about it. But let me, let's do that with Jesus. What were others saying about Jesus' teaching? Well, John chapter three and verse number two, Nicodemus was a Pharisee and Nicodemus said this in reference to Jesus as a teacher. He says, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. That's what Nicodemus was saying from him. A teacher that came from God. What were the Pharisees and Herodians saying? You just need to check Matthew 22 and verse number 16. They said, thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. That's what the Pharisees and Herodians said in reference to Jesus as a teacher. What about the chief priests and the scribes? You need to look at Luke chapter 20 and verse number 21. And they said, thou teachest rightly, teachest the way of God truly. You know what they were saying? On each occasion, they said that Jesus did not care about any man's persons. What that meant was they were admitting that he could not be bought. He could not be swayed. He could not be influenced into a wrong position because see, he teaches rightly. He teaches the way of God in truth. He is a true teacher. He is a teacher come from God. My friends, then that means that he was beyond reproach as a teacher, even his enemies whether they were genuine or not, gave the right account of his teaching. He even taught and made disciples, and he told them to go out into the world and do the same thing, teach everywhere, teach everyone, preach the gospel. And anyone who hears and believes 
they could be saved. He was the great teacher. You ought to hear the voice of the Son of God because he was the great teacher and his instructions were crucial. They are vital. His instructions are so vital, my friends, that you fail without them. That's how vital they are. Jesus says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John chapter 6, verse number 63. You see, he had delivered his doctrines concerning his life, concerning his flesh, and concerning his blood. And when those things were spiritually understood, not taken literally, but spiritually understood, that was the only means of giving life to the soul, which would tend, tend to eternal life. Therefore, my friends, one cannot reject his teaching without grave consequences. I'll leave you with this. Jesus in John 12 and verse number 48 says, he that rejected me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him. The words that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. My friends, God spoke out of that cloud. When Jesus was transfigured before Peter, James, and John, Moses and Elijah was there. And the father spoke out of that cloud and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. If there was such a man that could call the dead who had people who were dead in their trespasses and sins and called them out of that sinful state and make those sinners into saints, that person ought to be heard, and there is such one. His name is Jesus the Christ. He was the God-man. No wonder God said, hear ye him. If there is one who can call the dead out of their tombs and out of their graves and bring them back to life and bring them to judgment and judge them. Then my friends, he ought to be heard. There is such a one. He's Jesus Christ. And I suggest to you that you allow him call you out of your sinful state before he calls you out of the grave. Thank you so much for your kind and wonderful attention. We'll turn it back over to Jonathan. How you feeling, Greg? Feeling pretty good, man. I can tell. That's the Greg Dismuke I know right there, brother. I feel, I feel like there may have been one or two more slides as a part of that presentation. Would I be wrong in saying there might be another no. slide or two? There's a few more, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, a, f a few weeks, about, about a couple months ago, we had this sermon series entitled The Greatest Things in Lives, and we went part one, part two, Part three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, 
I, I think if I took a poll right now, hear ye him part two might be a pretty good lesson for you to bring sometime, brother. Yes, sir. I, in fact, um, I, I think um, I'll probably be on in a couple weeks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll just come back and, I'll come back and finish it. I think that'd be all right, man. That's some good stuff, brother. That That is needful, uh, timely, and as always, just uh, powerful, brother. Um, pr- privilege to sit at your feet tonight, man. That was outstanding. Oh, man, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it, man, and uh, we, we love what you're doing, Jay. Uh, just keep it up, man, and... Uh, we we this program has been a blessing to the brotherhood. I can't I can't say enough about it, man. We yes, we 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 preachers, you know, we used to we used to say all the time as we fill those pulpits every Sunday and 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 Wednesday we're teaching. We we rarely got a chance to hear preaching, and and because of what uh, you and Eric have done with Digital Bible Study Connect, uh, I mean now the preachers get a chance to hear preaching. Yep. And, and we just appreciate it. We can't say enough about it, man. We just pray the Lord to keep blessing you all and the program. Well, it's as long I know he will, so long as people like you keep coming on for us. Um, um, you know, I just don't know why I can't get your your brother to sit still long enough to come on with us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew I knew it wouldn't last. You know that that whole pandemic thing and the lockdown thing. I actually had access to Eric. It's it's hard, it is hard yes. to get your hands around Eric Owens because that dude is always off, off off doing something and preaching somewhere all the time. But uh, maybe it might have something to do with one, he's a good man; two, he's a godly man; and three, he's really talented at what he does. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. And so, anytime anytime we can get our hands around him, we are thankful for it, man. Uh, yes, and well. His brother does all right too. If you'll take if you'll take that from me. I, I appreciate you know, um Jay, you and uh you were one of my mentors, man. So you know. Yes, sir. You, you well, know how this goes, you and Eric. And, and I, I appreciate you guys, man. If I, yeah. I always say, you know, if I if I do good, you know, give Eric and Jonathan gentlemen like that credit. If I mess it up, you know, I'll I'll take I'll take that. <laughs> Yes, sir. Well, you, you have uh, you have certainly. Oh, you know, Scott just mentioned in the chat room, and I I, I think we failed to mention. Is it? Uh, it was yesterday, right? Eric's birthday was yesterday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Scott mentioned that, so maybe we should wish wish Eric a uh, a happy birthday, even although he is not with us tonight. So, uh, uh, well, let me let me say happy birthday, Eric, if you're watching. <laughs> yes sir uh appreciate you coming on man and i uh we are already past the top of the hour because somebody went really long tonight but that's all right uh so let me <laughs> let me go ahead and let you go uh, i hope you all have a meal ready uh there at the yes, at, at the newport news congregation and make sure you uh yes. uh have some fellowship time together tonight man we look forward to having you back on in a couple of weeks all right thank you brother yes sir as always thank you sir yes sir Well, that is Greg Dismuke for us tonight, and appreciate him coming on and being with us, as is normal on our uh, recurring Thursday night um, show. Um, I didn't mention this to him while he was on the air, but that, I think, is the largest audience we have had uh, in a couple, three months. 
So that is outstanding. We are uh, appreciative of that. Appreciative, appreciative of all the people that tuned in tonight to make that such a, a well attended session. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being a part of the program tonight. Um, let's turn our attention to the uh, prayer request that we have in the uh, comment section. Um, Jewel says that she is, um, uh, she and her granddaughter are going to a, uh, a lads to leaders convention in Altoona, Pennsylvania this weekend. And, uh, apparently Jewel is going to be a part of the, uh, the judging there. And I have to confess, I did not know there was a lads to leaders con convention in Altoona. That's news to me. So, uh, hopefully that will go well for you, Jewel. We appreciate your, your good work in that effort. Um, Sue mentioned that she did have a, uh, a good trip down to the CTCA and she has a PET scan again scheduled for next week. And we hope that uh, uh, the good results can keep coming for Sue and that she'll be on a, a, a way of uh, good health here very soon. soon. Um, and Mimi, La Mimi, let's not forget the law on that, uh, is asking us to, uh, as, as is the uh, Case for all of us, I'm sure, uh, to remember all of the people that um, are dealing with the situation in Ovalde, uh, Texas. Um, very interesting um, uh, news out of there this today, and we'll certainly remember those people in our prayers. And I just see right now that Paul put in that uh, Charles, who was an elder at the Rock Creek Congregation, uh, passed away this morning, and so we will add uh, Charles and his family in our prayers as well. Um, keep an eye on the comment section and see if anything else is going in. Um, I believe that is everything that I see as of right now. Uh, so if you would, uh, take a moment and bow with me. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, we are uh, thankful this evening of the opportunity we have to study your word together. Uh, thankful for uh, Greg and his um, exhortation tonight for us to hear the word of your son and to uh, hear that voice of instruction. Um, we pray that we will take to heart the things that are contained uh, within the word of that instruction, and we will seek to conform our lives uh, to it as, as best as we can and as best as you could help us to do the same as well. Uh, tonight, we're mindful of several that have mentioned prayers or thankful for uh, Jewel and her granddaughter and the work they're doing to uh, help young people to uh, become more uh, engaged in your service and to learn uh, more about what it means to uh, uh, serve you and to serve others. And we're thankful for the opportunity, the opportunity that they have this weekend. Uh, we're also mindful of Sue. We're thankful for the good news that she has. Uh, we pray that her travels and that her uh, testing results will be um, uh, of of good report and that her heart can be comforted in those things. Um, we're mindful tonight of uh, Paul, uh, or of rather, or of, well, that Paul remind, tells us of Charles and his passing. Uh, we're thankful for the good life that he lived in your service as a shepherd of your, of your flock. We obviously pray for him and trust that he rests comfortably in your arms this evening, but we are uh, mindful of his family as well and the, the whole congregation at Rock Creek that they could be comforted during this time. Uh, we're also very much aware of the uh, great uh, 
uh, evil that has taken place in Uvalde over the last uh, couple of days. Uh, we ask your blessings upon all of the many families that have been touched by this um, great atrocity. Pray that uh, those souls can be comforted, but uh, even more so in the midst of all of the uh, vitriol and the political posturing that goes on during this time, that above all of those things, that the people that have been touched most personally um, can be turned in your direction, that they may learn more of you, and that uh, their their hearts and souls can be comforted in the knowledge of the blessings of your son. Um, we are thankful for the opportunity we have to pray for that. We are uh, immeasurably blessed because of the truth that is contained within your word and uh, thankful for the way that you have declared it to us so that we may know your will, that we may know your mind, and ultimately that we may know who you are and strive to be as much like you as we can. Uh, we ask your blessings upon the work here at Digital Bible Study. Uh, we're thankful for the good work that Eric is doing, and we trust his travels to be profitable. And we look forward to uh, having us all back here together at the next opportunity as we continue to study your word together here on Digital Bible Study. It's through your son's name that we offer this prayer, and we say amen together. All right. Um, let's have a... A moment here where we go over the things that um, have been done by way of donation. Uh, I saw a couple come across on the um, um, the YouTube side. I saw that Hay put in a $9.99, call it $10, uh, super chat on YouTube. We do appreciate that, Hay, very much. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution. Um, Larry put in a $20 super chat on YouTube as well. We do appreciate that, Larry. Uh, good friend of the program. We appreciate all that you uh, all that you do for us, and we thank you for the uh, contribution tonight. Uh, Patsy, we have 50 stars with Patsy. Thank you. Uh, Falando, wanting to be a little bit better than Patsy, put in 60 stars. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, just, I just made that up. Uh, but... Uh, thank you very much, Volando, for the 60 stars. We appreciate that. Uh, we got Sobrono with 100 stars. And uh, thank you, Sobrono. And then we have uh, Claudette with 300 stars. And we appreciate that very much, Claudette, as we do with um, all, all of the people who help us out day in and day out. Um, thank you for your generosity toward us. Um, and... Look forward to uh, being back here with you tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow is Friday. Of course, uh, I'm off from the deep end is off on Friday. Um, and Daryl was on today. I think that's it. I think we have uh, Friday evening. We have Sean Evans, uh, who will be with us. Um, been a minute since Sean has been with us, but uh, always, always look forward to having Sean here. He is um, a very dedicated man, uh, very engaging and energetic when he delivers lessons. So uh, we'll have the uh, announcement up about Sean's appearance here uh, sometime, to, excuse me, sometime tomorrow. So if you could uh, share that with others, that would be uh, once again, greatly appreciated Appreciated once that goes up. Um, and I think that's about it. Um, I think Eric is probably gone for the rest of the re rest of the week. Uh, he hasn't told me that he is either here or not here tomorrow. I'm assuming that he will not be and that he, be with us and that he will be back 
after his trip is over probably Tuesday, I think, is when we'll see him again. Uh, I guess it's possible he could be here tomorrow night, but I have not uh, I have not confirmed that, and he is on the road once again, so I am not anticipating it. But um, I'll be here, and Shun will be here. So we'll have a good lesson, and hopefully we can hold down the fort until our um, commander-in-chief gets back to be with us again. But uh, don't don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him that I can just call him commander-in-chief. Don't do that because we have argued for 30 years about who's Batman and who's Robin, and he might use that to uh, say that he's Batman and I'm Robin. So <laughs> anyway, um, of course, we all know I'm Batman. He's Robin. That's the way that works. At least that's the way I tell it anyway. Um, anyway, uh, I will say goodnight to you all, and we will be back here, Lord willing, tomorrow evening for uh, Sean Evans on Friday night for the uh, wrapping up of the week of the Connect um, online meeting. So until then, uh, it is my prayer that you will go out and make your day a great one for God. Have a good night, everybody.